back to the Irish Bear Show. It is great to be back. And I have a whole bunch of characters on today. I'm used to only having maybe two or three people on the show, but a couple of the lads are available t- this evening. And also we have Matt Dickman as well on the show. Look, Matt, it was it was one thing that I really wanted to kind of get you on to be able to talk football, to be able to talk a little bit about Justin Fields as well, to kind of have a bit more insight as well. But first of all, how are you doing today, Matt? I know there's been lots of college football on today to enjoy. Oh, it's been great. I mean, uh, we uh, put some uh, ribs on the smoker and we just ate those about an hour ago and uh, watching football all day. So it's uh, been a fun day and the weather's perfect to be outside and watch some TV. So it's been a great day. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always good when you can kind of sit down, watch football for pretty much the majority of the day. So it's it's always good for us kind of football fans and football nuts that we kind of call ourselves over here anyway. But look, it is great to have you guys on as well. For anybody that's listening while we are recording this on Saturday, that you will kind of hear this on the Monday of the of the week. So this is kind of our start to the season, start to previewing the kind of first game of the season for the Chicago Bears. So it's important that we can kind of get some of the lads on before we kind of continue. Anthony, Noel, Tony, it's great to have you guys joining us as well. How are you guys doing today? Ah, uh, look, it's look, it's Bears football's coming around the corner. It's you can all sense it, so it's uh, it's looking forward to it. it's going to be looking forward to what what's coming. And look, once you see the college scene, I think anyone that's seen the last last couple of games, you just you just know that fans are back. The atmosphere looks like it's going to be pretty raucous for some of these games, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in uh, in, in our first game, but also going through the season. So yeah, look, pumped for this season already. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Matt, before we kind of get into it, what I wanted to kind of ask you a little bit about is kind of to give the viewers a little bit of background into your own kind of coaching career, because for a lot of people, while they might focus on kind of NFL or college ball, some some people may not know too much about kind of high school football. So if you want to give us a little bit of an insight into your background into coaching. Well, wow. Do we have that much time? (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, when I was in seventh grade, I knew what I wanted to do because I had great role models um, and I loved football. So I'm doing, you know, and, and I did step down in December just because I did it for 34 years and I just thought it was kind of time. But uh, things have changed a lot over the years, but it was the right time for me. But I kind of knew in seventh grade that I was going to be a teacher and a coach and I had great role models. I uh, grew up in northwest Ohio, uh, went to the University of Toledo. And uh, there were no jobs in Ohio. So I moved to Florida, which I kind of always wanted to do because I kind of got tired of the cold weather. But uh, um, found an elementary school job and uh, wanted to really teach high school. But that's what they had open. And and I went over to the high school and uh, I walked in and I asked about coaching football. And this guy goes, uh, well, come with me. And I met the AD and the head coach and I became a freshman coach for two years. And then... Uh, I uh, enjoyed doing it. I was teaching elementary school. Um, after the season, uh, they wanted someone to be the strength coach. So at 22 years old, really how I broke into everything is I became the strength coach at that school. And uh, we pretty much dominated. They had state weightlifting down there. We kind of dominated in the area for years. And then uh, I did JV for about three years. We, w- we had a 20 and three run on the JV. And then I became the offensive coordinator at Jupiter High School in 1991 at 26 years old. And uh, we were running the, the wing tee. 
and I was the head strength coach and uh, really enjoyed it. But we uh, had our first winning season in 11 years on the varsity. And from that point on, I've kind of run the wing tee, but moved into hybrid. And when we got Justin, it was pretty much spread wing tee concepts like a lot of the colleges do today. There's a lot of colleges running wing tee. They're just running spread concepts with it and uh, had a great career in uh, Florida. I became a head coach in about 2004, opened a brand new school. And we kind of looked like the Buckeyes because our colors were scarlet and gray and enjoyed doing that. We had a three-year run back-to-back district championships, went to the third round twice. And then uh, the pay wasn't really good in Florida. So what I did is uh, I was going to step down because I had two little girls and I was paying more money to drive to work than I was making in Florida. The teaching pay was good, but not the coaching. The state of Georgia pays really well, and um, I actually interviewed for a job, got it, moved to to Kennesaw, Georgia, and uh, got there. It was a better situation for my family, better financially, and uh, that's where I, uh, you know, Justin, uh, I think it would have been in his uh, freshman year, would have been 2014, and uh, we kept him with the freshman uh, because he – we had a, another kid that was going to South Carolina and, and then the next year he became the starter. But my background, um, I mostly played defense when I was younger. They always said I was too small to play offense. But uh, uh, when I became an offensive coordinator at 26, I've pretty much been calling plays since I was 22. And it's always been kind of a wing tee based and just kind of expanded on it. And then we added the RPO system. So but uh, we won the state championship in 2019. I coached one more year, and I have a, I had a great assistant on the coach, young guy that wanted to be a head coach, and it worked out perfectly where he kind of – and I'm just a strength coach now, so I kind of just work with the strength program, which I love. Still get to work with the kids. So that's, that's kind of my background in a nutshell there, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Look, before we get into kind of a lot of the other conversation, we've always asked a lot of people that have come on about – the reaction to the draft that just recently happened with Justin, because for us, we had like our own live stream on and we were going insane because it was one of the guys that we wanted our team to, to draft or to be interested in. So as someone that kind of knows Justin got to coach him, what did you make of, I guess, all the stuff that was happening leading up to the draft and then eventually when the bears go and trade up for him? Well, you know, when you spend as much time as you do with the young men you coach over the years, they kind of become like, you know, when you're younger, they're kind of like your younger brother. You get a little older, they're kind of like you're their uncle. You get a little older, you're like, uh, I'm kind of like their dad, <laughs> you know, their second yeah. dad. So you you really, you know, you hate to see stuff in a negative way about people you've worked with your whole life and you know what outstanding people they are. And when you hear some of the negativity you know, I, I tape uh, a lot of shows on ESPN and I get home and watch them, you know, at night. But I, I tape Get Up a lot and I could not believe the negative stuff that was coming out about him, which I had no idea where that could be coming from. When they were talking about work ethic, I'm like, are you kidding me? I had to turn <laughs> the lights on at 645 a.m. for this kid so he could throw when it was 40 degrees outside. And uh, I just couldn't believe some of the stuff that they were saying. And then we were talking about reads. I mean, we had we had some pretty sophisticated stuff we did with play action pass, and and we had three reads on every play, and he hit all three of them, and he hit the one that was open. Or so you know, for me, I was a little frustrated 
listening to the, some of this stuff before the draft and like, where is it coming from? It wasn't coming from me. I know it wasn't coming from Ryan Day at Ohio State. So that was very frustrating for me leading up to the draft, the stuff that I was hearing, which I knew had no, no, there was no truth to it. And then, and so, you know, frankly, yeah, I was a little frustrated, a little angry, um, just because I know the type of person that Justin is, his family, and I just couldn't understand where it was coming from. Yeah, look, um, I guess one question that I have just in relation to that is when that comes out, does anybody, do any of the kind of teams or anybody in the NFL go as deep into kind of the high school coach? Because I know, obviously, they go in, they ask all their kind of college coaches about it, the guys that are around him. But we already know that they do this deep dive into kind of figuring out the person behind the player. Do you get a lot of people kind of asking you or asking some of the coaches all the way back from high school about think- the guy? I think I had, um, at the time, I think there were four, four NFL teams that had reached out either through, um, it was through either I got something in the mail to fill out about just him. Um, I did get a call, and I really don't want to say who these teams were, but I did get a call from one person that was a former player years ago who is now a scout and asked me about some of that stuff, which I told him was baloney, which he kind of thought. So... Um, and just had, you know, that interesting conversation, but filled out some paperwork and had an email that this person might call me never did. So it was kind of interesting to be honest with you. I didn't, um, I didn't get as much calls or so forth as I thought I would, you know, but saying that I'm sure that, you know, coach day did at Ohio state. I'm sure he got a ton and, you know, coach day has been in the NFL. So if you call that guy, I'm pretty sure you're doing your homework. Just, just on that, Matt, as well. Just from from being from the Chicago Bears perspective and being a Chicago Bears fan. Look, Karen was educating me when I first got into the Irish Bears show all about Justin Fields. So there's no bigger supporter of Justin Fields than than Karen on this show. But from a, from a Chicago Bears fan perspective, what did you think of the fit between the Chicago Bears and what what, what we were seeing the last couple of years and Justin Fields? Was it was it in the top five teams that you thought would have? Would have, would have been a, a good fit for Justin, and if if not, who was the one team that you thought would have been a, would have been a good fit for Justin? Well, first of all, I was I thought for sure he'd go number two when this first all started. I yep. didn't I didn't think he wouldn't, but you know, if you know like you guys do enough about the NFL, the people that have the top draft picks usually don't have real good teams unless they trade it up. You know, so in that situation, you know, as as a former coach and and probably a lot of other people that care about your athletes and so forth you don't necessarily want them to go one and two even though they want to because the fall the farther they fall you know somebody's going to move up just like happened and and when we went into this I kind of said to myself you know watching it with my wife I was like well I can tell you right now what's going to happen if if this is going to go the way they say he's going to fall and that's fine somebody's going to move up and he's going to be in a better situation you know, and, uh, you know, Justin's a man of faith and, you know, sometimes God's got a plan that we don't know about, but, uh, you know, I, I think it all worked out for the best. I knew the minute, I knew the minute he got past and they took those quarterbacks and the bears were moving up. I told her right away, this is it. I said, he's going to be a bear. And I think it's a great fit just because first of all, um, just the, the tradition, you know, I'm from Northwest Ohio. I know plenty about the Chicago bears. And I was a big Walter Payton fan. Um, you know, to this day, I have the magazines in there in my man cave of Walter Payton. And I watched the, 
time he ran for 276 or 78 yards against the Vikings. You know, I was in sixth grade, guys. I'm I'm an old guy. And I watched I watched that game on TV and I remember it like yesterday watching Walter Payton uh, against the Minnesota Vikings break that record. And I, I had to get my dad. I said, you got to come see this guy. He's unbelievable. <laughs> so for me, I was excited just because I know the tradition of the Bears. I know, uh, you know, so to me, it was a great situation. And uh, I think they already have a great defense and you have parts offensively, which you can continue now to build on because we know the NFL is a building process through free agency, the draft and so forth. So um, you know, I'm, I was excited for him, and I know that uh, his family was excited. Um, his dad, I know, uh, was up there for the Northwestern game, and they really liked the Chicago area and thought that was pretty neat. So uh, I just, you know, things just turned out for the best, and, you know, I'm I'm just excited for him and, and the Bears, and I know the people there are excited. And my former roommate uh, lives up there in Chicago. He tells me how excited everybody is. So, it, you <laughs> yeah. know, it really looks like it's a real win-win situation. And sorry, Matt, just talking about when you actually coached Justin in high school, I mean, there's such a long journey to go from high school to an NFL draft. But is there a point where you have this young kid where you think, like, he really has something, he could really, he has the mentality and the talent to actually take that journey and make that fourth round 11th pick in, in the nfl draft well you know when he's younger and, and we have a lot of kids like this you see kids and they they have that potential but a lot of things got to happen you know they have to develop um you know which is a god-given gift in, a, in its own um they got to continue to develop grow um not only physically which is huge you know in college sports and the nfl but they also have to continue to develop um mentally and have the work ethic. So, you know, I knew that he had the, a lot of talent. And when we got to work with him as freshman year, you could tell he could be pretty special as long as things can continue to develop. In his 10th grade year, um, you know, he continued to grow. The fifth game, he got comfortable. But I'll tell you what, his junior year, as much as he had just grown and filled out in the weight room, um, his work ethic, and we, are, we instilled the uh, RPOs, the run past options, um, and he just took off with it. I said that he is, this kid is going to be special. And, uh, that's when it really blew up, you know, just his junior year when people started seeing just all the things he could do, throw the ball down the field, um, with the play action, with the, just in the pocket and the running, you know, we ran a lot of, um, read inside zone with power read. And he had decisions to make where he could always throw the ball, every run play, you could throw the ball, um, or you could, uh, hand it off or he could keep it. Uh, and then again, we ran a lot of practice. So in that junior year, you just knew, I mean, he hardly made any mistakes threw for a lot of yardage, ran for a lot of yardage, um, strong arm, just, he checked all the boxes. He's a smart kid, uh, processes things. Well, I mean, it was like, you know, it was a lot of fun. I can tell you that. Matt, I just wanted to ask you as well your your thoughts. Um, obviously, you know Justin has come from a big program. He's arrived in, in a big city like Chicago. You've probably seen the vast majority of fans. A lot of those will be listening to the to the show right now, or will be on Monday, are uh, are clamoring for for Justin to be the starting quarterback for the Bears. Obviously, currently Matt Nagy's continue to state that. Andy Dalton will be the starter. I just wanted to wonder what your thoughts on this, you know, and your opinion. Do you feel that 
Justin would benefit more from starting earlier on, or do you think you would benefit from sitting behind a guy like Dalton? Well, the one thing is, and guys, you know, when you're the coach, you know everything that's going inside and out. You know what's going on in the meetings. You know where you feel Justin is right now. And, you know, I don't know that right now. But um, I'm sure that they're going to do what's not only best for the Bears, but but best for Justin. And we know, too, in the NFL that that changes weekly. And, you know, you're going to go in there, and if, if things start out well like they did you know, for the Kansas City Chiefs when Alex Smith was there, if things start out good, then I'm sure that will continue. But if things are rocky and and, and it might not be Andy's fault, it could be other issues, um, then I'm sure that'll change. But I think right now, you know, they have a plan in place. And when that plan doesn't work, I'm sure they'll make, you know, changes. So to me as being a, I always say a student of the game, being a coach, kind of knowing what goes on. I think right now um, you just got to be patient as a Bears fan. And, you know, it's all going to happen someday, whether it's this year or next year, it's going to happen. And, and I'm no, Justin's going to do fine, but I think at this time you just got to kind of be patient and, you know, let the process um, take place and, and have your trust in the Bears coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess one thing I wanted to ask is just, you kind of read about his, I guess, his senior year there and everything with, I know there was the documentary that was going on at that time, the QB1. Obviously, coaches from all around the country who were recruiting him, wanting to kind of talk to him. Is How did he deal with all of that as, I guess, a person? Because like, like you mentioned, the player there was no problem with. He was playing excellent football in his last two years there. But I guess on the other side of things, in terms of his personality, did anything change as more and more scrutiny came on? Because we know what the NFL is like. You make one mistake and suddenly everybody's on your back. How did he deal with all that pressure towards the end of the season? Well, the one thing I always say is um, his dad and him should write a book on how you handle recruiting because they did a fantastic job. His dad's got a military background. He's also a former police officer. He was also a resource officer, um, a lot like Justin, um, very calm, you know, man of faith. And uh, they handled the whole situation well. What was great, we got into the, um, the season and uh, his dad said there will be no more um, interviews about what he's going to do for college. If they want to talk about Harrison football, then we'll do that. So that really took a lot of pressure off me because I was getting a ton of emails and calls. Uh, we want to talk to Justin. And when he said that, I was so thankful that he did say that because it just gave um, us the opportunity to focus on, you know, Harrison football and Justin's senior year. And he just handled everything well. You know, there's a certain time where um, the college coaches can't call him and they were calling me. And I was very happy when they could call him. <laughs> because yeah. I mean, it, it was crazy, but I know it was, you know, it got, it got to be a burden on him too. Cause he was getting so many texts and texts and, and calls. But, um, I know sometimes he told me, it's just, I said, how you doing? He said, well, it's a little overwhelming. And I said, Justin, I said, you know, when you know, your top five, just tell him, you know, I'm not interested, you know, this is who I'm focusing on, but you know, he handled it well and his family handled it well. And, it never went to his head. He just was one of the guys. And, 
And, uh, you know, I appreciated that. And it, it, it just, you know, like I said, he, he did a great job with it. And he could, could probably write an article or a, you know, a little book about how to handle recruiting. So, yeah, absolutely. I guess to go on the back of that is what did you make of his college journey? Because obviously you look at a guy that's heavily recruited and for him to have to go to when he goes to Georgia and then really has to wait behind Jake Fromm and then eventually moves to Ohio State. And then we see kind of the Justin Fields a lot of us expected to see in college. So what did you make of that? I guess initially him choosing Georgia to go to and then his decision to actually kind of take the risk and kind of transfer midway through college. Well, the big thing about the whole Georgia thing is Justin is not afraid to compete. And I think he really wanted to go up there, compete, and he wanted to be close to home. Family could, you know, be close. His sister was also going to go to Georgia. She's younger than him, and she plays softball there. So I think it was just going to be great for him. Sister there, he's there. Um, but unfortunately, it just didn't work out. You know, I, I, I just don't think that he ever got the opportunity to really compete, and I didn't feel that they had a plan for it. Um, so, you know, when – you're in college, you have a limited window. This is not like the NFL. I mean, there's no limited window for him right now. That's why being patient, you know, is, is, is good because if you're patient right now, he, he's not under pressure. You know, I gotta, I gotta be a starter. I gotta do this so I can get to the NFL. Um, so, you know, it just, it didn't work out. He was, he enjoyed his time there. He learned a lot, but um, you know, that talented of a young man, um, it's hard to sit on the bench when you've never done that your whole life. And, you know, I was excited when he went to Ohio State, you know, born and raised in, in Ohio. And, I, you know, I'm a big Buckeye fan. So um, it was it was, you know, exciting for me. But, you know, things again worked out and being a man of faith. And and I think he thinks the same thing. You know, God had a plan and it worked out for him. And and uh, I just knew. I think that, again, going back to listening to – I watch College Football Live for a lot, and they were saying, oh, you know, he's going to go there, struggle, Ryan Day's offense. I go, you guys don't understand <laughs> yeah. how smart he is. You don't understand how he processes things. You don't understand that you don't need to go think over things over and over. He He's just so quick at picking things up and learning. He's a very bright, bright young man, and uh, – I just, I listened to all that and I knew those people were going to all eat their words. I wish they would have interviewed me at the time because I would have told them they were all going to eat their words. But I mean, he's, he's always been a talented young man. And now you're going to insert him at Ohio state with people around him that are that talented. I mean, what, what do you, what did everybody think was going to happen? You know? And, uh, I, I was not surprised. I think Justin maybe was a little surprised how well, he did do and take off, but I, you know, I always told him, don't ever doubt your ability. You're, you know, he's one of the best um, I've ever coached and he is the best quarterback that I've ever coached. So. Matt, I know we spoke at length regarding Justin's explicit talents and where it's, you know, you can identify his areas of strength. We've talked about his intelligence and his poise. Um, what do you think um, are Justin's biggest intangible strengths or what would you say are some of the strengths that we may not be aware of? It might not be as easy to pick up on film stuff that, that kind of, you know, is a building blocks adjusting himself. 
Well, I think the first thing is, is, and I've always said this from the get go, and I think a lot of people know this now is I don't think people realize how um, intelligent he is and how well he processes things and how well he just picks things up and learn. I think that was the number one thing that people learn very quickly when you start working with him that, wow, he really, you know, picks things up quick. I mean, in high school, you really have to rep stuff. And I've worked with a lot of kids that um, have been very bright, but not very talented, very talented, but not as bright, you know, and, and no knock on them. Just, you don't, and he just had all of that. So the number one thing is just his intelligence level. Um, the second thing is um, his work ethic and, and his competitiveness. Um, if he is not happy with the way he's playing, or let's say that he's not happy that he's rolling to his right and not throwing the ball well enough, then he's going to work on that and stay after practice. If there's one part of his game that he feels he needs to work on, that's what he's going to do. So to me, you know, intelligence, the second thing is the unbelievable work ethic and competitiveness. Um, he loves to compete for things. Um, and I think that goes on with his family and his sisters too. But, um, you know, those two things right off the bat is, is the one thing you noticed about him right away that he's never going to back down. And probably the third thing is just how calm he is. You know, probably should have nicknamed him like the ice man in high school, because I look back, I mean, the kid's got like ice water running through his veins. He just, he don't get too high. He don't get too low. And, you know, if, if, if he does, you would never know it. I mean, because he never shows the frustration. He just doesn't do that, you know? So, um, and again, I think he gets a lot of those traits from his dad because his dad's a lot like that too. But, you know, looking back on it, just those are the, the top three things I look at right away with him. And, and I think you need all those in a quarterback and uh, he just possesses all of those and does them very well. And Matt, just uh, something Kieran had mentioned earlier on was the the whole plan that the Chicago Bears seem to have in place now with, with Dalton being the number one and, and Fields being there to kind of sit, uh, sit and learn. From Fields himself, do you think Justin is the kind of person who understands if he doesn't play a game this season, if it goes to 17 games, that he understands why that is done and he, he would be happy enough to sit there rather than kind of just wanting to get in, if you know what I mean. He, he would be happy to to go with that plan and understand the reasoning for it. I think really because, again, Justin's a man of faith. I think he's knows God's got a plan and he's going to follow whatever that plan is. Now, I'm sure Justin, being as competitive and so forth, wants to get out there. But I also think he's patient enough. And the other thing is, is there's no pressure right now. You know, he's, he's not in college. You know, the window's not closing. And, and he's made it to where he's always wanted to be, you know, to the league. So I think right now that he is patient and, uh, you know, I think he's at the point where he just is, he's going to follow the plan and trust in the coaches and trust in the, you know, the Lord and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Matt, before I let you go, one of the questions I kind of wanted to come up is you mentioned you being an Ohio State fan, obviously you would have followed Justin very closely throughout his collegiate career. Is there anything you've seen since kind of the last time he played for you to when he is now entered the NFL that he has vastly improved since kind of you saw him? Or is it just kind of little things that, that you kind of see that he had a really good base to start, but that he's just kind of rounding it a little bit more as he gets more experience and as he gets older? I think the one thing, and I started to see it as senior years, is leadership. 
And I remember talking to coach today when I had an opportunity to go up to Ohio State, um, just how much he was impressed with him being a leader. I think the one thing Justin's continued to do and grow is just become a leader and doing that on the field. And just, I think that's one thing that he's just going to get more and more comfortable at the next level. But I saw a very good glimpse of it his senior year, just starting to become more of a leader. And, you know, the whole thing he did at Ohio State when they were talking about not playing and how he stepped up. So that's one of the things I'm really just, you know, you're always proud to see your former players um, take that initiative in that role. And that's one of the things that I think he's really developed and uh, continues to grow and get better at. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Matt, we really appreciate you joining us today. It's been really good to kind of get some of those insights into him because, again, we get kind of the base from what, like, different NFL guys say or guys from kind of Ohio State that know him quite well. But it's really good to kind of get this insight. So it's been really enjoyable having you on the show. I'm sure as his career progresses and throughout the season, we'll, you'll definitely be getting a message or two off us to try and get you on again. But for today, it's been brilliant having you on the show. Well, I'm excited, and uh, I need to get up there to Chicago. I'm just waiting to see when he's the starter, and that's when I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us today, Matt. Thanks a lot, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Thank you. All right, guys. So basically what we're going to do for a few minutes here <clears throat> is we are going to just break down some of the things that we have heard from Matt today because I think that's – really important um look anthony i want to to come to you first is what was kind of the main takeaway um that you got from there because again we like i said to matt when we had him on there is it's we get that kind of basic knowledge but then after that we don't get too much more what are some of the insights that matt was able to tell us that you really enjoyed i think that the kind of solidifying what I thought about the coolness and the calmness about him and the ice in the veins conversation. I think that's really, really important to see because in quarterback of all places, in all positions, in all sports, it is the one place you need to have that level of intelligence, but also that level of complete coolness. And it just gives you that. He, he seems to, he seems to have that since he was a kid and, and I think it's really important and, and the family value connected so the fact that his father seems to be very important which we, we've seen that in the draft and we've seen that in, in conversations that we're hearing and that's really important because it, it creates that base that allows him to to go on and I, I've, I've said it quite a few times but the one thing about Justin Fields in the Chicago Bears uniform so far. The one moment that impressed me almost more than anybody was the uh, the game against uh, Miami, the first first game he was on, and I think we had two penalties back to back. We ended up we ended up ourselves five yards from our own line, and um, he just looked so calm about it. And there was one moment in the second penalty where he was playing with the ball, so the ball came back to him, flags going in everywhere, and he's kind of throwing the ball to himself a little bit, kind of smiling, and it was almost like, yeah, look, I know. And he rolls out to the left and finds finds Rodney Adams for for a first down. It's it's that level of composure and that level of of, of calmness and then voices. And that's not a, that's not a knock. It really isn't a knock on our last QB or our previous QBs, but it's just it's just a. a, a Something I'm really looking forward to seeing, and it's why I've joined the Tony bus and jumped on week one because I just think he is he is that <laughs> he is that level of expertise, and I think the way our offensive line is at the moment, he's the one QB that, that will get us out of trouble um, and get us into into better positions to win games. 
Yeah, look, it is obviously we're we're recording this at the weekend, but this will be out for everybody to see on the Monday. So this is kind of officially the start of the the week of where the NFL is back. Tony's probably getting very kind of nervous considering we're getting close to Sunday and uh, he realizes that what he wants the most in the world for Justin Fields to start week one is not going to be happening. But look, Tony, you asked this kind of the question from Matt there. What did he kind of what did he think of it all? So what were your impressions from what he was talking about with Justin? Because for me, a lot of the things that we currently hear about him and I guess that kind of filters out through the Bears and kind of, I guess, goes against a lot of the talk pre-draft about him. Matches basically confirmed all of that, where when it came out and said, and people were saying he doesn't get it through his progressions, I'm, I was kind of very perplexed because we would look at some of the game tape and you're seeing him do it. And then also people saying that, oh, well, I know it was Dan Orlovsky that said that he, like, he wasn't, he didn't have great work ethic, but clearly you've seen with Matt there that he had to open up early so that Justin Fields could get in. We've seen it in Chicago that he came to training camp, what, two weeks early to get some work in, that he was the only player in the building that was there because he just wants to do it. The other thing, I guess, that Matt said is when he does do something bad or he makes mistakes, that he's there kind of trying to fix them. And we heard that one of the practices where he had a poor practice, he was basically out there with John Filippo for about two hours after practice, like practicing the exact trolls from, from camp. So what were some of your takeaways, especially some of the questions that you were able to ask Matt? Yeah, I mean, I think it was great getting that uh, insight from someone who had direct experience of, you know, working with Justin day in, day out, um, seeing how he reacts to adversity, seeing his work ethic in person. Um, so, you know, those types of questions, I think, needed to be asked of people who have been in that situation, rather than, um, obviously, the speculation that we'd seen in the media uh, in the pre-draft process. So, it was really important for me to, to 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 ask some of those questions just to find out, you know, you know what, you know, you work with this guy, you have worked with this guy. What is he really like? Um, and I think what you know the main things come across from from what Matt was saying was that you know the the, the guy's incredibly professional, um, incredibly poised. Um, there's no worth it, work ethic concerns. You know, we can see that you know it's been the same thing all through his career. It's not just you know, turning up to, to camp two weeks prior for the Bears. He's been doing it since high school as well. So the guy is fully committed. Um, and it's strange that that story came out in the first place. You know, he makes makes you wonder, where did it come from? Um, so, so yeah, I think that was, that was really important. Um, and also just, you know, again, confirming the things that we've seen on tape in terms of his poise, his calmness, his intelligence, um, you know, and, and obviously the physical attributes are there to be seen as well. But just for him to be able to confirm all those um, is reassuring. Um, and I think obviously when I asked him the question about what he thought about Justin starting versus um, sitting for a while, um, what came across to me was Justin's a guy who is ready to start, um, but at the same time, he will completely understand the process if there's a process in place as to what needs to happen, again, putting across that 
consummate professional um, and uh, an ability to to step in if required. So um, I thought it was really, really valuable um, kind of feedback and insight that we got from Matt. Um, and it just kind of confirms a lot of the stuff that we'd thought already um, and that we, we've hopefully got a real gem on our hands for some years to come. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, I guess it's that kind of confirmation of what we had hoped and it just makes you even more, I guess, excited as a Bears fan that you've seen guys that have been in the position to coach him they fully believe in him as well, which is, it is important. And it kind of goes to show what the draft process is like, that there's there's a reason why there's guys that fall in the draft and then become excellent NFL players, because there's so much kind of, I guess, analysis going into these guys that when you analyze something to the kind of nth degree, you can find a problem in absolutely everything. And I think that's what we tend to see. Look, we know what happens with quarterbacks when there's a couple of them in round one that guys kind of fall down a little bit. And there's always one or two targets, and it's unfortunate that it happens. But it just happened. Justin Fields was the target this year. It was so, it was very obvious from the get go that there was some media members, whether that was coming from scouts or whether it was for their own websites to get clicks and things like that that look Justin Fields has been a household name for a very long time he Trevor Lawrence was always going to be going number one even though look we spoke on the show before the draft Anthony and we were always saying it's 1A and 1B and that's the way it is and it was actually really good to hear from him and this is where I want to bring you in now it was really good to hear from Matt that he was surprised that he wasn't number two and we've mentioned before in the show that personally if the season didn't happen last year. He probably would have been the number two pick. But sometimes, like he said, and this is probably what Justin believes, things actually happen for a reason. And it's worked out better. Like he mentioned, if you fall, you get a better team kind of coming up for you. And I think we can all agree, and Justin would probably agree to this, that him going to Chicago, where there are talented players on defense and on offense, is a much better situation than the kind of turmoil he would have had to face if he went to New York no absolutely I mean I think for us pair fans anyway it was all a perfect storm to get us the quarterback that we wanted here and just to quickly re- reiterate what the boys have said there I mean it was great to talk to to Justin's old head coach you know high school head coach just as they say to confirm what we have been seeing to confirm his personality, how how strong he is, his intelligence, the, the kind of drive that he has, that was obviously evident even at such a young age. Um, but as you're talking about the draft there, yeah, for us, it, it just worked perfectly. I mean, who knows where these rumors, well, I'm sure someone knows where these rumors come from, and there's a reason for them. As you say, the number one was always the number one. So the next target was that guy who was, you know, some people would have seen neck and neck with him. But um, yeah, look, for us, it's great. We have a quarterback who is determined, who is intelligent, who, you know, wants to win. And as his coach said there as well, you know, if he doesn't get in straight away, he's the kind of player that trusts in the in, in the plan, who believes it's happening for a reason and will be willing to, to do what needs to be done and to learn until it is actually his time to step up. So all positive, I think. Yeah, absolutely. 
I guess this is where I'll bring you in on this, Anthony, because we were kind of talking about this in, in our chat beforehand. This has all just worked out quite well for the Bears because everybody was kind of hyping up the likes of Spencer Rattlers, who was playing today for Oklahoma and had a, an off-and-on day. And you look at some of the other guys, look, if the Bears didn't get Justin Fields and somehow had a terrible season and drafted the kid from North Carolina, you just know what would be what would be going out. You, yeah. you couldn't do the same thing twice again. But with everything we hear from inside sources, especially like Matt is like the perfect one. He's dealt with Justin both as a player, but the personal level. And I think that's the important thing that we didn't even have to ask him the specific questions for him to mention some of the things that we've already heard and that just goes to show that it's a very obvious thing that justin he exudes that kind of leadership and confidence in himself but also his teammates so it's it's definitely worked out really well so what is what was what's your opinion on this in terms of now the situation from here because the one thing i took from him that is actually really important that we do have to kind of go into and just kind of be realistic about is there's actually not a big rush for Justin Fields to have to play. Like in college where you have four years and that's it. Like one, if you don't get to play a lot of the time there, it can affect your draft stock. It can affect if you even get to play in the NFL. And Justin took that big opportunity and leaving Georgia, one of like his, his hometown program where his sister was, where he probably would have been happy if he was the quarterback to go for Ohio state because he believed in his own ability and look what it's brought to him now. So I guess just to bring this in full circle, the situation both for Justin as the player now, but also for the Bears moving forward, as we mentioned, we don't know what's going to happen with quarterbacks next year. It looks like a lot of the top guys this year so far early on look pretty legit. Yeah, I, I think people kind of forget that about, about Justin Fields, that if there was any other year in the last four or five years, he would have gone number one. And I think Chicago Bears fans kind of need to realise that, that we have got a legit quarterback. My fear has always been, I think you said it right here on one of those, that, that um, they were talking about Mitch Trubisky, that Mitch Trubisky wasn't ready for the Bears or the Bears wasn't ready for Mitch Trubisky. That is my one big fear about Justin Fields, that are Chicago Bears, the organisation, ready for Justin Fields? And I mean that in the coaching sense. Um, but I think that we we have this unbelievable talent that we, we need to really look at. Interesting point you made about, is he ready to go now? And it's a really, really, really good comparison between college and the NFL. Because college, you have to be ready minute one because you've only got a small window to get that contract to the NFL. Well, the NFL, you've got a five, four-year, most likely five-year rookie contract in which you go about doing it. And I think that's, that's vital that we get Justin Fields done right. But my fear, again, comes back to are the Bears ready to do that? And what this plan is and what this what this kind of structure that we're going to have in place. And, and, and it's it's... I don't know whether they are. I don't know whether they've got the right head coach in place to do that. And I don't know whether they've got the, the, the blocks there. And the, the worrying one is that we need to start seeing how we're going to use Justin Fields. So what I mean by that is, is that all our plays this year should be designed around what it's like, what it will be like for Justin Fields to be in, not what it's like for Andy Dalton to be in. Because 
for us going forward, this whole season, for me anyway, is is about making sure that we're ready for next year. And I'm not just saying about just the fields being ready, the whole club being ready, the whole setup, the offense being ready. We should already be targeting people in the draft next year based on what Justin Fields can do. And, and if we're not, then there's a serious problem that's got to be asked about behind the scenes. And again, I go back to it. We're looking for a wide receiver in the draft. Matt or, sorry, Ryan Pace's history is six out of seven duds according to people so far he's only got one right and that's Mooney in the fifth round so we're asking him to draft us a wide receiver for our franchise quarterback I don't know yeah look I I understand that and I've mentioned it obviously before about the Bears not being ready for Justin the only thing I I would kind of caveat that with is if you have the opportunity to go and get a franchise quarterback, you have to take it no matter what situation your team's in because the one player on the team that can turn your fortunes around, it's not a big defensive player. It's not a left tackle. It's not a wide receiver. It's a quarterback. We saw it in so many situations. Look at what Seattle was like prior to kind of Russell Wilson and post Matt Hasselbeck. They were going through like Tavares, Jackson, and all these guys that just didn't have they didn't have a place in the league really. And Russell Wilson comes in, the whole thing changes. I agree with you. You you do need to now build around it. I guess the only difference is when you look at the wide receivers. Yes, they've made mistakes. I think the obviously the biggest one is Kevin White, but look. You looked at Kevin White in college, and it's hard to know what to project. He's a big body receiver that was just lightning fast. He had all the intangibles, but it never really worked out. Very much kind of like who we have just signed from, from the Lions and Brashad Perryman, that big guy, really fast. Actually had some ran some good routes in college, just never seemed to have clicked in the NFL. Unfortunately for Kevin White, he got injured. And never really came back from it. Anthony Miller, yeah. I think his is more of a mental problem than physical. We've seen physically he's actually a pretty good wide receiver. Problem is those mental gaps. and That can be very hard to project. And that's why the wide receiver position is one of those that you have to keep drafting them until you get it right. You can you can get lucky. Like you just have to look at the New Orleans Saints for years, couldn't draft a a wide receiver and then suddenly in the second or third round they take Michael Thomas who people were low on going into the draft and he becomes an absolute superstar so sometimes you get lucky you just look at you look at Jacksonville they've drafted some excellent wide receivers but none of them have stayed in Jacksonville like Alan Robinson was their second round pick they had Alan Hearns they had um DJ Chark right now who looks pretty good but it's still one of those that I don't know if he'll eventually stay there long-term. Now they have Trevor Lawrence, maybe. So it is a difficult position, but you need to be lucky. You also have to be there at the right part of the draft. And normally that is, I never trust wide receivers in the first round. We've seen, I think it's, there was a stat, there was a stat that I was reading before the draft. And I think it was something like between, 60 and 70% of the first round wide receivers flamed out of the NFL within two to three years. But then you see so many other guys later on. So a lot of it is 
it needs to fit the offense. And the problem is when you don't have a quarterback that's actually going to suit the offense that you're bringing these wide receivers in, it's hard. Why was Mooney so good? His routes were good and he always caught the ball. If you have a little bit of a difference in kind of your ability when you move up to the NFL level, it can be difficult. We've seen it this year. Like Justin Fields essentially got a lot of those wide receivers that shouldn't that have pretty much been journeymen. Like, think about it. We're all kind of got pissed off about Rodney Adams not making the team. But like he's been around the NFL. Like he's I know people that wouldn't want to kind of hear this, but he's nothing special. But Justin Fields put him in positions to make plays and then maybe his confidence grew and he started making plays even with Andy Dalton. So it is, it is going to be very interesting, this one. So where I want to end this show, I, I kind of want to – we didn't really get to talk about it too much last week. Um, so I guess going into this week, it will be important. So I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on the final 53, even some of the guys that got put onto the practice squad, and just kind of your general thoughts because things have changed since kind of we have all last spoken where – there's been new guys added. There's been some camp favorites that have been put onto the practice squad. So I just want to kind of get your thoughts. So Tony, I'll start with you. Kind of hearing everything that's gone on in the past week, what's been your opinion of kind of what the Bears have done up to now? Yeah, I mean, after we heard the 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 final cuts that, that came through, we thought, okay, this is going to be the initial 53. Um, we should probably expect some movement um, particularly uh, cornerback, that was that was where we all thought we were going to make some moves, um, and uh, and put potentially wide receiver as well in terms of the depth. We've seen a couple of wide receiver moves, um, obviously bringing in the likes of Perryman. Um, again, it's a guy like that is a bit of a gamble. Um, you've seen him coming out, of, even coming out of college. Um, there was questions over the the crazy drops that he had. You know, and it was just like this guy in, in one hand can make an amazing catch. He's got blistering speed, uh, does really well. But then in the next play, he can drop the simplest of catches. You know, so it's you know it's, it's a crazy situation with him. But so you're taking a bit of a gamble by maybe dropping a guy like Adams, where we thought, yeah, fair enough, he's a middle of the road guy, but he's sort of reliable um, versus going for a guy who's kind of hit or miss. Um, so. You'll be interested to see how that works out. Adams will probably somehow work his way back onto the main roster during the season unless these guys prove their worth or we pick someone else up. But since the the, the, the initial rosters came out, I thought we probably would have added maybe some more faces, to be honest with you. I'm expecting something to happen at cornerback. I don't know what it is, but I'm expecting something to happen. I thought there was going to be a, you know, maybe a, a draft, uh, sorry, a trade coming up or or something like that, especially off the back of the Ryan Pace presser where everything was offline and we thought, oh, maybe something's brewing in the background and they don't want questions asked about certain situations or, you know, and it, the, the whole Akeem Hicks thing's interesting to me as well because, you know, there's so much uncertainty there. Um, could he be on the move? The, I think as well, the Bears, in terms of their cap space at the moment, they're very, very, very low. Usually when you're going into a season, you want to have a good cushion there in case anything happens. So thing, I think things have got to happen still. Whether that be someone gets cut who's on big money, 
whether that someone gets extended who we're not expecting, uh, whether that be someone like Robert Quinn, which would be a huge gamble considering his first season. Um, I think there's there's some movement still to happen. Whether it happens before next Sunday or not, I don't know. I think it should happen before next Sunday if you're going to do anything because you really want to get your house in order before you start out. You know where you are. You know how much money you've got. You know who you've got on your roster. So I think the initial 53-man squad has come out and it's just that as initial. But we're getting closer to the time here where we're kind of wanting to have a final roster going into game day. Um, so a, a lot of decisions have still to be made. I don't think Ryan Pace is done making moves, and I don't think he should be done making moves either. Yeah, like it's it is interesting because I look at I was reading something today. I don't know how accurate it is. I'd have to kind of look at um one of the web websites like Spot Tracker or something like that, but I'm not sure what the cap situation is. I know somebody kind of put out that the bears kind of cap space was like minus 2 million which i don't know how accurate that is but it it is going to be interesting because i did think that there would be moves um in terms of the defense but then i i do look at it and yeah like right now there's essentially what four five um corners i know you can kind of play marquee christian can play safety or corner but then really you're like jalen johnson kindle Bildor, duke shelley javier crawford i think Artie burns got re-signed as well so yeah it it, it is an interesting one i think that obviously if any trades go down that it probably would have to involve some sort of corner coming in um now I'm looking at Sposhack here and it says that see the thing is the difference is in terms of the 53 man roster that I think throughout the season they count the top 51 because those are the guys that are activated on a weekly basis and according to Spotrack they have 1.3 million um, but when they when they get the cap space of all 53 players, it's negative 594. So like you said, Tony, it's something that they definitely want to, it's definitely something that they're going to need to either extend someone or trade someone. It's one or the two. It's, it's tough to think of who they can do. I'm not sure if they're even able to, ex- they, should, they probably are able to extend Roquan. I know there's certain dates that you have to do those in, but I think because he's coming into the year where his fifth-year option is coming into play, I think he's definitely one that you could that you could extend. And what you just do is you'd have to come to some sort of agreement to reduce a cap number. I don't know exactly the intricacies of that because he's technically still on this rookie deal. So I don't know if he's actually one that you'd get much cap relief this year, but you could get cap relief next year by extending him. And even though you could do, you could technically essentially do a fifth year option, you could reduce the cap number. Um, but it is, it is a tricky one there to kind of think of what could happen. That's why I think a lot of people were saying, oh, maybe it's a Hicks. Maybe he's getting extended or he's getting <laughs> traded. I think it's 
possible considering when the media were asking Ryan Pace about it, he just didn't want to talk about it. Um, so that's interesting, but it's just difficult now. I don't see a trade happening because you're so close to the beginning of the season. Like this is something that you would have to have had in the works. This is not like a Khalil Mack situation where a guy has been basically on the trade block and then it's an absolute no-brainer that you get him in and he can be ready for week one. I don't think that's the situation. I think the only way you're creating cap space is you're either releasing someone where you get a bit of cap savings or you're extending someone or it's like a fake extension where you're putting in more void years to reduce it or you're restructuring somebody's money to where they may got more money up front, but it actually reduces the cap number. Um, that's all really I can see in terms of that side of things. Look, no, kind of same question to you as, as we kind of wrap up today. And what's what's been your kind of opinion or your takeaway from everything that's gone on? We like For anybody that doesn't know, we did speak to one of the NFL agents just a couple of days ago and a lot of this. So what's been kind of your main takeaway as this past week has been kind of hectic for a lot of players I don't think the Bears have officially announced their kind of 16-man practice. Well, I think right now there's 14 players on it because Tyrone Wheatley Jr., one of the offensive linemen, has gotten signed to the practice squad. Well, one of the other guys, Badara Traore, got picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars onto their one. So what's been your biggest takeaway from this, gonna, I guess, past four or five days? Um, well, similar to what Tony was saying there, the first thing that jumped out at me with the initial 53 was four cornerbacks, which I just, you kind of look at it and say, look, it's only the initial 53 and there's time till the season starts, they'll make moves. Now, I know Artie Bournes was signed and I've read the last couple of days, a lot of links to Bryce Callahan being traded for, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see, I don't see that happening. I don't even know if you want to be giving away draft picks for him. Now, I know we're desperate to get people in, but I mean, I, he's had some injury history and I don't know if you want to be really doing that. Um, but other than cornerback, which you guys covered, I mean, there were a lot of linebackers there, but I think you're kind of looking at, um, it, ugh, I can't even think now, special teams there. You've got, got a lot of special teams players in there, like Woods and Iggy. Uh, tight end kind of surprised me now. I know there, there was five tight ends selected. Um, again, it can all change. It, no, nothing set in stone, but that was kind of something that stood out as well. I think uh, three touchdowns in that last game may have uh, swayed and got um, God, I can't, I can't even think of names now. Horse, uh, that's it. <laughs> that may have got him in. That that Titans game may have just got him in there. But again, look, I would have expected moves by now. But as has been said, nothing is set at the moment, and and things still can still change. And I would hope there is some sort of plan in place that that pace has, which he's aiming for. Um, because other than that, really, the, the majority of the, the roster is pretty much what you expect in there. So hopefully there'll be a few moves anyway that'll come in the near future that might just give us a little bit more confidence in, in what the team is going to do. Yeah, absolutely. And look, same question to yourself, Anthony. We've we've spoken about this kind of heading into, heading into this week, but this is the first time we've kind of spoken on the podcast about any of these as the moves became official so what's kind of been your main takeaway as we are just a couple of days from the beginning of the season on sunday against the rams 
I, I think what while, while the lads were talking there, it got me thinking that it, it kind of solidifies what we had said at the start that after the Justin Fields, after try after draft day, I think this solidifies Nagy and Pace as being as being secure in 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 McCaskey's world, because otherwise, how are they let the scenario a cornerback just go the way it is? Because if Jalen Johnson gets injured, we are down to the depths of 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 Dredge world. Um, and I think there's a conversation being had somewhere that it's like, okay, this year's not going to be great, but wait till Justin comes in. So to answer to Noel's point about about Bryce Callahan, I would be shocked if we gave away a draft pick to anybody because Fair. because we just don't have them. And also the little ones that we do have, they're not going to go near them. They don't want to touch them because they want to have something there to get themselves out. I would go the other way. I think if we're going to draft people, we might draft people. Like if I, I think if we start losing games at the start of the year, they may start blowing this up in, in the conversation of looking at we need to get as much draft picks together to get an offensive. And Karen, you always speak about this: get offensive people on the side of the on the side of the on the side of the field, and um, through drafts or through through what we can with money wise. And I think that could have been a conversation with Keem Hicks that we may were looking to just pretty much get him out of the get him off the roster or tra- trade him anywhere, and he probably didn't want to go anywhere. I think the Akeem Hicks one is really interesting because he he refuses to speak to the media or he refuses to be put up, and he says a weird comment about it. I, the 53 roster for me, I was very surprised originally that we didn't go and get more more people in. And then I sat there and went, actually, it makes total sense if you're if you're looking to extend your contract in, in the club and, and, and to have that city there so that you can look at 2022 as being, as we always say, Karen, as you always say, to be fair to you, it's, it's goal, it's win season. And I think we need to look at that. So, yeah, what's the difference for us this year winning winning seven games or winning nine games, or winning ten games? The other one, the other big thing is if you're in the Chicago Bears back room, you're looking at Green Bay. And I have great fun and I had great fun during the week having a pop at a Green Bay fan who absolutely took the bait and jumped on me for around four, seven, eight hours, whatever it was. It was brilliant. I loved every minute of it. I'd do it again tomorrow. But what what it was interesting is they're looking at that going, well, Green Bay are going to be out of existence really for four or five, well, three, four seasons because they're going to have to blow up beyond blowing it up. So the Chicago Bears have a really good chance to win the division without actually doing a lot next year. Um, and they may be looking at that as another example to, to just kind of let, let's just truck through this season and go from there. Um, that's what the 53 roster said to me. That's what it screamed to me because if you look at our 53 roster and you don't get worried at the likes of Woods and Iggy in the team, if you don't get worried at our cornerback scenario, if you don't get worried at the, at, at the lack of lack of real power opportunities, people in wide receiver to go out and make a statement, if you're not worried about the fact that Dalton will start week one, maybe through to week 10, then I would worry about what your thought process is for Chicago Bears' expectations this year. Yeah, the one thing that I took is that I know everybody's been so excited about Justin Fields, and rightly so. But I think what this tells me is we are very similar to what the Chargers were last year. That I think that we're an okay football team. 100%. We, have, we have some really, really good players. You look at Khalil Mack, you look at Roquan Smith, you look at even like we've mentioned Akeem Hicks, Alan Robinson. Like there's good players in this football team. But there's some very important holes there that Unfortunately, through years of having to extend defensive players because of that insane 2018 season. And look, I, I agree with what they did most of, most of the way. They had to extend 
Eddie Goldman. They had to extend Eddie Jackson. When you when you score, I think well, he had maybe four or five pick sixes in that year. Like Any team does it. The same thing happened in Seattle, that when they started extending their defensive players, they ended up having to actually trade them eventually. That's the reason why Earl Thomas left Seattle, because they didn't want to give him any more money after his initial big contract. And that's what the Bears are at now, where they're going to have to make some tough decisions. I have kind of remained on the side of where I don't think Akeem Hicks is on this team in 2022. And I think instead of him, you make sure that you re-sign Bilal Nichols and you just trust your your coaching staff to look every single year to some defensive lineman that comes in and does well. And Akeem Hicks, while he's good, He's not been healthy for a couple of seasons and he can't get through the entire season. And it's unfortunate because he is a phenomenal football player, but I just think that's the way it is. And there's some bit, there are some big holes. The one advantage that you have is you will, you can open up quite a lot of cap space on top of what you already have. So there is about 40 something million, but there's some key players that still you restructure their contracts and that's it. You, you look at Andy Dalton, if he's not starting by the end of the season, if the Bears offered him two or three million to come back as a backup, do you think he'd do it? I think he probably would. If he doesn't, you could probably offer the same amount to Jimmy Garoppolo and he'd probably do it. So there are options there kind of going forward. It's about this season though. And the defensive backfield for me, it looks like it's a let's wait and see here. What do some of these young guys have? And then eventually, I think, obviously, there's going to be games where they're going to get burned. And you're going to see that the Bears eventually will probably bring in a veteran or two just to kind of stable the ship a little bit. And you'll see them invest heavily in that position and in the wide receiver position in free agency in the draft next year. The one thing that I took away, and look, no, you can kind of come on this because, and this will, I guess this will be the last point that we'll make before we will end today's show, is when we had Corey from OSMG, um, one, of the, one of the agents that's approved from the NFLPA, he mentions of the amount of players that are going to be entering next year's draft. So really, next year's draft is a draft to accumulate picks, not trade them away. So if it means that you can get fifth, sixth, seventh round picks for guys that you really don't have much use for, towards the end of the season. I think before the trade deadline, you, you kind of have your own duty to trade them if the season's not going the way kind of you want it to go because this upcoming draft, you could end up getting guys in the fourth, fifth round that ideally would be normally second and third rounders just because of the sheer amount of players that are going to be entering in this particular year. Corey mentioned to us that I think in this past draft, it was about something like three three to 600 prospects that entered. And that's going to go up to close to 3,000 people or draft draftees that could possibly enter for the 2022 draft. That just shows you there's going to be a lot of UDFAs that people are going to expect to get drafted. Also, guys that are going to get pushed down just because of this COVID year. Because you've guys that normally would have come out but are basically having their second senior season you're having the same guys when they're when essentially they should be in their third year, but they're essentially now 
either kind of redshirted or they're now seniors that would have come out last year. So it's definitely going to be an interesting one. So no, I'm going to let you have kind of the last word on that. So what do you want to see the Bears do? I guess because we are there are a lot of concerns still on this roster, and unfortunately, the start of the season isn't the best to have, be trying to figure some of this stuff out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, look at at the end of the day, I think the Bears over the last few years have wasted a lot of draft picks that they just didn't need to. And as you point out, Corey mentioned to us that I think it was 647 players came out this year and it's up to 3,000 next year. So as you said, there's going to be a surplus there and every every draft pick could count in a situation like that. And in fairness to Pace, whatever negativities we have about certain picks, he does do well in those later rounds and this could give him the opportunity to, to really hit a few gems so, yeah, I mean, at this point, Anthony made some great points earlier on about, you know, maybe they're just going to wait and see and that Pace and Nagy have that little bit of time to say, right, look, let's just get through this season and build and get prepared for next season. And next season is when, you know, we really fly into it. So it is, it's going to be very interesting. But for me, at this point, you do need to start blowing up parts of it. And, and if there are players there, you can get some draft picks for then I, I think it is. I think it's it's right to try and do that. And for me, that they have to concentrate on the offensive side of the ball now. I mean, they had a window for that defense a couple of years ago, and unfortunately, that window now is sure. if it's not completely closed, it's it's not far off. It's so it, it's just time now to take your new franchise quarterback and to do everything you can to cater to what he does best and to get the best out of him over the next 10, 15 years. So. Hopefully that's that's the way things will go. Yeah, you you kind of have to rebuild both sides of the ball where you build around Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack and anybody else that's not really needed or is too expensive, you look to trade. And even if that means it's the likes of, I know it's going to be a tough one for many Bears fans, but even if it's like Eddie Goldman, if it is Eddie Jackson, those guys are on too much money for the production we have seen. I know how important those guys actually are to the defense, but like we said, if we want to start putting the money on the offensive side of the ball, we're going to have to see that. And you have to decide who are the absolute can't let go of players. And right now on defense, the only two that you can probably say, look, I, I love Eddie Goldman. I think he's a really important cog in the defense, but for a pure nose tackle, he's on too much money. And, that is actually a big issue that Ryan Pace kind of put this team in, that he gave a lot of defensive players a lot of money. Eddie Jackson's on too much money for the production that he's had over the last couple of seasons. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one that we're going to have to kind of keep a close eye on. What I want to see is the offense start to do well. You can win the Super Bowl having an average defense, but an unbelievable offense. The Chiefs did it two years ago. You looked at that team and the only guys making plays on that defense were, I believe it was Sorensen was making a couple of plays from and Tyron Matthew was making plays on defense. And a lot of the other guys are, a lot of them were veterans that came in because they knew they had a chance to win a ring because Patrick Mahomes is on that team. If you can get Justin Fields to a level to where guys believe that he can be a reason why you can win the Super Bowl, you'll get veterans to come here for very cheap. And that's kind of what you have to hope to build. And if that's the only thing that happens this year, 
exactly what you just said there. If that is the only thing that happens this year, we win five, six, seven games, then that's been a good season for the Chicago Bears, in my opinion. Yeah, that's it. Look, this season is all about the progress of Justin Fields. I think we can all probably agree that within probably the first like six weeks, he's probably going to be the starting quarterback. When that happens, can be determined on so many different factors. But look, it's definitely one that we will be talking about. We have a couple of different shows this week for you guys. Um, like I said, we've recorded this on the weekend, but we're going to have this released on Monday for you guys. So at least you'll be able to kind of have a little bit of an insight as just a little kind of dip your toe into this week because there's going to be a lot of content coming from all angles this this week, both from us and from all the national guys as well. So everybody's going to be all hyped with NFL stuff. We'll have kind of our, I guess, our eye on the enemy slash kind of preview for the Rams and Bears game on Wednesday. Um, so you, that's definitely one to look forward to. On Sunday, we will do a little bit of pre-gaming. We'll kind of be talking about some of the other games as well as the Bears aren't done until kind of later on in the day on Sunday. Um, because by the time that game is going to be over, it'll probably be like 6 o'clock in the morning Irish time. We will not be <laughs> doing a post game straight after um but we will be on on the monday to kind of break down what we saw a lot of the guys will, will be back because it, i know there's a couple of us that are away this week but you'll still have the same <laughs> the same sort of content there's plenty of us to go around but look it's it's been great having you guys on being able to talk to matt today was very insightful i think so all i can say again guys is is thanks for joining the show today Great talk. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. So make sure that you do subscribe to the show. You can catch all this on all your audio platforms. Again, you can catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. You can obviously catch us on YouTube, which we would really appreciate anybody subscribing to that. And make sure you hit the notification button so you don't miss any of these shows because, again, there is a lot of them. So they will be coming kind of thick and fast, especially as the season has now, we're basically into the NFL season. You're going to see kind of three or four shows sometimes per week. Sometimes it might be a bit less depending on the schedule. But again, make sure that you do hit that notification, leave a like on the video. And until next time, guys, all we can say is bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down.